Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 10, everyone. We made it to double digits. Yay! It's exciting for us. Anyway, we're Chris and Kim, and today we have a fun interview with a woman named Caroline. We met her in the jungle of Bolivia, which you learned about in our last episode. Well, two episodes ago, but yeah. One of our last episodes. (laughs) But Caroline is traveling South America by herself, and she's been doing a lot of workaways along the way and spending a month in each location and has a lot of really fascinating tips and tricks to talk about as she's gone through her travels. Yeah, she's uh, quite a bit older, more seasoned than the rest of the people we've met, (laughs) which which we really found fascinating. Uh, Basically, she's using her travels as... Partly to subsidize her retirement. She's going to talk about that and and why she made this choice, which is unusual. But I think it's it's actually not a bad option for a lot of people. So yeah. it's, it's really a cool strategy. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to quickly mention that she was working at Edda Projects in the jungle with us volunteering as well. And what she was doing there was working on a mural on a building. And we'll have pictures of that on our website. So go check that out in the show notes. It's adventureforgood.com. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook under the screen name underscore adventure for good, the number four. And reach out to us. Let us know how you th- what you think of these episodes and how it's going. Yeah, we'd love to hear from all of you. And next week, actually, I'm wrong, in two weeks, we have an interview with Adam DeCalibus, who, Chris? Oh, oh he's an author. He reached out to us. He wrote... A book called Caravan that's coming out soon, and yeah, it's uh, he's going to talk a little bit about the book and some of his travels and some of the things he's been doing. So stay tuned. Yeah, it's a fun interview, and that'll be out in two weeks. Until then, enjoy this one. Let's go talk to Caroline. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo! Hey, it's Kim. I just wanted to add a really quick note here that there is some background noise in the first 10 minutes or so. It's mostly insects and birds in the background until we get sick of the insects and the mosquitoes and we move inside at about 14 minutes. So hang in there with the sounds and it gets better, I promise. So (laughs) welcome. We're Deep in the heart of the edge of the jungle with... Deep in the heart of the edge. <laughs> with, with... Lovely. A yeah. new uh, volunteer here at, at a Projects with us, Caroline. I guess maybe before we get started, do you mind just sharing with people who... A little bit about who you are. Maybe roughly your age and where you're from or where you've been living and all that. And we'll go in from there. Oh, okay. So my name's Caroline, as you said. And I'm 65 years old. I've recently retired. I was born in South Africa and I've been living in England and lately in Asia where I retired from. And now I am traveling in South America for as long as possible. And what did you retire from doing? Oh, I'm an art teacher. Art and English. Little bit of English, lots of art. That sounds like more fun. Oh, absolutely, and that was deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you taught in England, and then when you left England, you went and taught 
in Asia? Asia? I taught in South Africa as well. So I okay. got my qualification and my teaching qualification and some teaching experience in South Africa. And then I left for England, got myself a job teaching English and very quickly moved into the art department. Worked at one school for 10 years. And then a friend of mine moved to Asia and one day just sent me an email and said, would you like to come and teach art in Malaysia? So I said, of course I do. Where's Malaysia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so had you traveled much outside of your trip to England and then your trip to Malaysia, or had you mostly been stationed in those places and not done a lot of travel? Oh, no, I traveled a great deal. So in England, I didn't have a lot of money when I first got there, and so I was doing like small trips, little local places, going to cities that I can go on the train, going down to London a few times. I went with a very good friend to Barcelona for a few days. I went with another very good friend to Normandy for a few days. I went for two weeks to Ireland with another friend. But apart from that, I really traveled quite a lot in England. Okay. Not so much in Scotland, <laughs> yeah. but in England. So I did a lot of traveling um, well, you had you been where to, I was. Had you been to Asia before you moved there? No, okay. no. I, I went to New Zealand, was a biggie that I saved for, in 2012. And... Obviously, I stopped in Singapore on the way, mm -hmm. but just for three days to get to New Zealand. Okay. And then, I think, two days on the way back. Yeah. So, just very briefly, yeah. but not otherwise. Okay. And so, then, your, when your friend said you want to move to Malaysia, you well, said, why not? Absolutely. And then, all sorts of really fabulous things happened, and um, I, was, I had free accommodation. Oh, wow. So, my accommodation money got sent to England to pay off my flat, and I just spent... My play money, mm -hmm. I had no problem then. I had quite a lot of, like, extra money that I could spend on budget holidays, but still at least travel like, quite extensively. So I think we counted last night. And altogether, including Europe, I've been to 30 countries. Wow. wow. So That's it's impressive. a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so travel's always been something that you've enjoyed. Well, it's always been something I really, really wanted to do. Couldn't do it when I was younger. And once I was able to go to England, the art was like, oh, wow, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And so what was the catalyst for you to decide that South America was next on the list? Money. So I was retiring. I'd only worked in England for a few years, so I had a very, very small school pension. My government pension is rubbish. It's going to be, I don't know, something like £1,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So it's really not a lot of money. Right. And so in England, the amount of money that I would have available was going to be so limited, was going to be a real challenge. And I really don't like the gray skies. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, yeah. the, it was two things. It was money and it was, this, it was the climate. Sure. Yeah. And then before you retired, you moved to Malaysia and worked. Yeah. How long did you live there? I lived there for four years. Okay. And you did a lot of traveling while you were I, there as yeah, well. Yeah. Every single school holiday I went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it really was awesome. Yeah. Because yeah, everything awesome. is so close there, right? So exactly. you can easily get from country to country. And the country that I lived in, Malaysia, has a budget airline. And so I was flying for, oh, it was ridiculous. It really was ridiculous. I flew to Australia three times one year. Wow. For the same amount of money I would have paid to go to Europe. Wow. From Malaysia. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, can't argue with it. And so why did you pick South America of all the places? I mean, I know Southeast Asia can be very budget-friendly. There's other budget-friendly places. What, 
What, well, what was the reason you picked? And before we get to that, so after Malaysia, you worked there for four years, and then you were retiring from working there, and you weren't going back to England to work, right? No, so, I'd looked for work, but because I was at that stage, I was 64, I just wasn't getting any mm. interviews. Okay. So I, was there, I had to really say, okay, what do I do? Yeah. So that's when you decided yeah. South America, and to get to mm. Chris's question, why South America? Oh, well, South America was like a, a dream I'd actually forgotten about because it seemed so impossible <clears throat> at the time. When I was 18, I read a book called, I think, The Fingerprints of the Gods, which is completely out of fashion now and people <laughs> don't read it or believe any of or some of the theories. But it talked about the Nazca Lines and it talked about Machu Picchu. And I was like, I can't believe that there are places like this in the world. And so I really wanted to see that. I really wanted to see that. And then, of course, I got married and I had children and I looked after my parents and my life just took a turn that it didn't seem like I was ever going to leave South Africa. Yeah. And I forgot about those things because I think maybe in a way it was like a self-preservation thing. You can't do it. What's the point of hankering after it all the time? And it was only after... I sat at work in Malaysia and was complaining about going back to England on a terrible pension, mm -hmm. that South America came up as a conversation. And then I suddenly remembered that I'd had this dream when I was a kid. <coughs> and it was like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and then the guy that suggested work away and suggested couch surfing and said that I'd be able to live on 400 quid a month, it was like all the answers I needed. Yeah. Right. So that's really what spurred me on. And so that was somebody you, you knew in Malaysia. He told you about Workaway. And Couchsurfing. And Couchsurfing, mm. and, and kind of gave you the idea that you could live w well within your means. Absolutely. Time. And the thing is, he just said to me, Caroline, you travel all the time. You <clears> love <throat> traveling. You don't mind budgets. You don't mind staying in, you know, like grotty places sometimes. You don't mind eating street food. So all the things that really make your budget stretch. Mm -hmm. were not an issue for me. Mm -hmm. And he said, you'll just love South America. The people are so friendly. The countries are so interesting. There's so much variety, you know, with the culture and with the landscape and the way people live. It's, yeah, there's just so much to enjoy. Yeah. Right, right. This one's really bad. I know. Oh. <laughs> we're getting eaten by mosquitoes and by uh, flies. Yeah. Very itchy. So you made the decision, okay, we're going to go to South America. Yeah. Had you, and you, had you used Workaway or Couchsurfing before at all? I hadn't, no. no. Where did you fly from? Where did you start in South America? Okay, I didn't, I've, yeah, I did start in South America. I flew from South Africa, so I had to fly into Sao Paulo, mm -hmm. okay. Brazil, and then I just straight away came into Argentina. Okay, so you started in Argentina and you started with a Workaway? Yeah, straight away. I d well, I did couch surfing to get to my work away. Okay. So because the journey was like three seven-hour bus journeys, I thought, well, I'll just do couches in between. In Buenos Aires, I stayed in a hostel because it was brand new and I just got to the country yep. and I thought that'd be sensible. Mm -hmm. And then I got a couch in Tandil with a young girl, a couch in uh, Bia Blanca with a couple, like a gym couple. They were crazy about gym and they were running their own gym it was really interesting and then I got to New Kent to my first workaway okay and that was a family and what did you do for that first workaway uh, that first workaway was cleaning and uh, helping with English okay and like the dad was going for English lessons and the daughter was going for English lessons and so I 
just had to chat to them really. So I just became a member of the family and did some cleaning and cooking and yeah, it was really nice and they were very good to me. Wow. Yeah. So that was super. It was a good introduction. Yeah, right? a great way to start for sure. Yeah. And how long were you there? Just I try and do a month every time. Okay. So almost everyone I've done is a month except for a couple. Okay. So like here's four days. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're only here for a short time. Yeah. We need to catch up, but but it's sort of in the middle of a longer one. Yes, you're, yes. You're doing, so. Five weeks somewhere else. Yeah, like an hour up the road, you kind of popped out for a, <laughs> a quick a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, to check out the jungle for a little bit. I've done this a couple of times. So I've done it here, and I did it when I was in Mendoza, where I stayed with a lady, and there was a gap. So I went for a long weekend to Mendoza City and did some painting, also painting, just for a few days. Mm -hmm. Because some of these projects, as you can see, can be quite quick. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe for people who aren't necessarily aware, because we weren't, but I mean, a lot of the the workaways that we've done are quite a bit different than you. So what are the things that you mostly search for when you are looking for a workaway? Like okay. what, what type of work do you prefer? I definitely, because I'm an art teacher, I prefer arty things. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't do web design because I don't have technical knowledge. But I'll do photography for people. I'll do murals. I do graffiti. I paint pictures on people's walls in their houses. I paint outside on gardens. I've painted on rocks. Yeah. So what, um, And at the moment, I'm painting on a wooden cupboard. I'm okay. painting a portrait on a wooden cupboard for somebody. And you've, you've been traveling for how long at this point? Well, I started in July last year in South America, but I originally started traveling in England in December the year before. Okay. So December 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, been, I've been on the go since then. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. It's nearly two years now. Yeah. Yeah. So roughly, what, 15 workaways then you've done something like yeah. that yeah something like that and then i've had a couple of really short ones so that's pushed it up to about 18 okay yeah wow yeah that's crazy and, and i haven't had i haven't had any bummers i've just had one lady who invited me to come and paint a house which she hadn't yet built right <laughs> so that sort of didn't work and <laughs> it makes so it hard to build it was really quite hard and then what i did for her was i painted onto posters things that she wanted written so it's chinese calligraphy um, and some symbolic stuff for her and I painted some furniture for her that was going to go into her new house so, and I painted the front door for her because that hadn't been fitted yet Yeah. Okay. so I did that stuff but I, I, I had to leave her because I just felt like she was looking after me and I wasn't doing anything for her I felt awful right. Yeah. Right. so yeah so I think it would be fun to dig in and hear some of like your favorite workaways and some of your wilder experiences but maybe before we do um, do you mind talking, like, ha have you been able to, over the last year and a half, been able to stay on or under budget as you had planned? Oh, okay. I was really interested in that. I didn't think I'd manage. And I was actually initially quite anxious. So my first month was like, oh, can I spend this much money? Is it going to last each week? And so I was like really a bit like counting the money every day. And yep. What can I buy today? What shouldn't I buy? And Tracking what am I going to really do when closely. I need new shoes? And, you know, those kinds of things. And the first month was quite difficult. I was in um, Argentina and the exchange rate was not as low as it is now. Yeah. yeah. So my money didn't go very far and I used my allowance every week. 
but that included my traveling because uh-huh. for each month, my traveling must come out of that month's money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my budget is just, it's less than 500 pounds a month. And what I'm trying to do, which I think is a little bit crazy, is save 200 pounds a month as well. Wow. Wow. Because I want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> do more traveling. Yes. So at the end of next year, I have to go back because I need to see the kids and I need to do credit cards and I need to mm-hmm. check on the little flats. And, and my, all my friends in England are really missing me too. So I want to see my family and my friends. And then I've got to have enough money to do another trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because while I'm well, I really want to travel. Yeah, like yeah. trying to maximize the years yeah. that you have. So um, you have. up to now, I've managed really well because I had like a base amount of money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Also through a, a, like a hilarious accident. So the story is quite funny too. I was paying tax while I was working in Malaysia. And yeah, you have to pay tax, but I actually qualified for... A, re- a reduction or a, an allowance, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize because when I was teaching in England, I never filled in tax forms. The school did it. Okay. So I never saw a tax form until I got to Malaysia. And then I was like, oh, okay. So I filled everything in and every year they sent me a bill and I sent them the money. And then somebody said to me, why are you paying tax? So I said, well, you fill in the form and you send it and they tell you how much. Oh, no, no, you shouldn't be paying tax. So this is three years later. (laughs) So they said, phone them. So I phoned and the guy said, no, no, you missed this box. I said, well, what's the box? Oh, no, that's your personal allowance. That's £10,000 a year. Well, my total income was less than that. (laughs) So you didn't have to pay. No. So he said, I'll send you a check. Where shall I address it? £3,500. Wow. So that was what, like, made me realize that I could actually do the trip. Because you so had said, that base money. Well, I had the base money. So I had enough money for the ticket here and via South Africa and Turkey. So, And then I have enough money for the ticket back. Uh-huh. I have money in case I get sick. Uh-huh. And I have money if I have an emergency. Yeah. So I have that money is in the bank. Uh-huh. And every month when the money comes in, I try not to go below that number. Yeah. And I'm, I haven't. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, fantastic. in nearly two years I haven't I haven't once. Yeah. Um wow. and then what I do is when I have a really good workaway like here where they provide you with all your food, I'm super careful. And then I put that money into the next month's pot. And if I can do that for three months, then when I want to do something really special, I've saved enough money for that. Like a tour or something that fly to Easter fly. Island. Oh yes, fly to <laughs> Easter Island. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes, you have that so money. That, so that was how that was possible because if I had to manage just as I went along, it wouldn't have been that easy. It would right. have been difficult, and I really, for me, it's a big thing to stay above the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's a good lead into like a lot of people are listening are probably thinking, well. You're not spending any money. You're just going around working, working, working. You're not having any fun. Have Have you had some fun this last year and a half, or is oh been- no, I've had lots of fun because what happens with work away is everywhere is different. Sometimes, like I was on a farm with chickens, so there's nobody going to town once a week for you to have your two days off. So actually, you end up doing quite a bit more. But then I had a different work away where I worked for two hours a day. <laughs> So it balances out in the long term. Yeah. 
And then there were times where I could go for a whole day and do something special because I met up with somebody who was in staying in the hostel with me, say, mm-hmm. for instance. And so I've done a couple of really nice things like that. In Argentina, a national condor park that was free. Wow. Yeah, that was really, really nice. Outside of Córdoba. Didn't have to pay. Huh. Peru is so expensive. Yeah, for the condors. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. need to write that down. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to Cordoba, there's a national park there that's free and it's fabulous. Okay. It's a really great day out. And then, of course, Easter Island. I went there and I did a month work away there on a farm, vegetables. And I did some mural work for her. Uh-huh. And every day I would just hitchhike into the village and go and do some shopping. Or I'd hitchhike down to the beach and swim. Or I'd hitchhike to one of the sites and go and visit one of the sites. So yeah. that was, it was like a holiday, although I was doing quite a lot of work. It was super lovely. Yeah. It was really, really super. Have you always wanted to go to Easter Island? Or is that something that you learned about and decided that you needed to go? No, I knew about it, but I never, ever thought, I never thought I'd get there. Yeah. That just seemed It's like, not close. <laughs> oh, my God, it's 4,000 kilometers out in the ocean. Yeah. You know, you can only fly there or if you've got a, a luxury yacht, I think, right. <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't ever going to be an option for uh-huh. me. So, no, so that, that was something I was very interested in because I love the ancient cultures, but I never thought it would happen. Yeah. So that was like, that was super special. And then in December... I went and did three weeks in Cusco, a work away, and my son met me there, and we had a two-week holiday together. Oh, wow, that's really and nice. And that was super. So I got to Nazca, mm-hmm. I got to Machu Picchu, I went to Arequipa and saw the condos again, because I love them. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and yeah. you got to share time with your son. And I had this fantastic holiday with my son, which was yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and he thinks I'm a super, super planner, so it's like... <laughs> Hey, my mom planned this holiday for us, and I've come home with money. <laughs> you like couldn't believe Instead it. Instead of you know? spending it all on the TV, yeah, it was like, oh, Ma, you're so good at budgeting, and you know exactly how to make things work. So yeah, that was super. That was really good. So which which workaway and which couch surfing have been your favorite, and why? Okay. Couch surfing, I've had some absolutely super couches. One lady looked after me for 12 days, and she really, every day she tried to think of something for us to do, which was really nice. And I had a couch in Barilocci with a young woman who was just, we just had fabulous philosophical discussions. We sat on the beach by the lake, um, just talking into the evening, really found a very stimulating person and we met up again later somewhere else when I was somewhere else doing a work away mm. and she'd come down for a day to visit or a few days and we arranged to meet and that a really nice girl super super duper and so for 12 days you lived in somebody's house was Absolutely. it were you I know couch surfing has the name couch surfing but sometimes there's a bed sometimes there's yes. other options were you actually on a couch or were you in a bed I, I was in a bed it it wasn't that comfy because I shared the bedroom with the kids. Okay. But the family were just absolutely fantastic and they just didn't want me to leave. It was like, I said, yeah, but I only want to stay for three days. And she said, no, no, don't look for somewhere else. Don't don't move. Just stay. <laughs> and she was just so thrilled to have company and, yeah, it was super. And so for that, a lot of times I, we, we haven't done it yet, but we know, like, so like, they won't usually charge money, but they'll say... I love red wine. Can you bring a bottle of red wine? Or there's some sometimes. I've never had that. No, so I've it never was completely free. So what happens is, 
you invite somebody to go for a meal mm-hmm. and you pay for their meal so that you can give them something for staying. Or you sh- we I've done a lot of going out with people and then I'll pay for their meal or we'll share the meal. Uh, or we go and buy groceries together and I buy some and they buy some. Okay. Or you arrive with a bottle of wine and a box of chocolates sure. or something. So those are the kinds of things you do. But some people just don't want anything. Yeah. And other people... Um, only want you to stay and leave. Okay. You know, everyone's different. So yeah. if you find like some say people, you're one night. And yes, then, yeah. some people only, they're offering you the bed and yeah. that's what you're going to get. In the, and they'll fetch you maybe from the station and drop you off in the morning, but they maybe don't feed you and um, they don't have time to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. And then other people really want to hang out with you and... Some people just want to feed you and love you and yeah. look after you. When it sounds like for the 12 days, you almost had a personal tour guide of the... Abs- it was amazing. We ended up going to... I went to a beautiful lake. I went to the desert. I saw condors. Um, I went to some little ancient village that had been flooded. I went to a graveyard. I got taken to a fantastic winery, and she had a friend who knew somebody, so we got taken on the elite tour. Wow. Three different wines to taste afterwards. It was really good. And, yeah, so we really had a, and we had a lot of fun just hanging out together. It was really nice. So, yeah, that was – but that's unusual. Yeah. That's unusual. I try to keep uh, couch surfing to three days. Yeah. I think somebody looking after you three days is like enough. Yeah. Sure. So if I'm going to be somewhere and I'm stuck, I usually try and find more than one person. Okay. Yeah. And then just move on. I think that's better. I think the most important thing is to read feedback very carefully. So for, for couchsurfing, you really got to check what is this person saying. If somebody's got no shirt on and you're a girl and that's a boy, you're not going. Mm-hmm. If somebody says they've only got one bed and they're happy to share their bed, you're not going. <laughs> okay, Those are the kinds of clues that you must be watching for. Yeah. And then you see what people say about them. That's really important. Too. Yep. Yeah, the feedback. So on the... On the Workaway side, what are some of your favorites? Maybe your top uh, two. Well, it's very hard to say. I just love being on Easter Island. And I generally try to choose different things that will challenge me too. So I love painting and that's my easy option. But I like doing things that I'm not sure if I'm going to like. So I stayed in a shack that was made of metal and a couple of pieces of wood which is like the kind of shacks that the really poor people live in in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, the door didn't close. The mosquitoes and the cockroaches could get through the holes everywhere. So I was burning coil, spraying myself, spraying the room, putting cream on every two hours. And that was worse than here. Yeah, a lot but worse, it, it sounds that like. That was worth every moment because the sights and the island is just beautiful. Where was that at? East Island. Oh, oh that, that was, was on East, East Island. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, so and then I was right <clears> in the middle of the island, so if I wanted to go anywhere, I had to hike. So I'd have to work, change my clothes, and then walk for half an hour to the main road, and then hitchhike up or down the road, depending on whether I was going swimming or to the town. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, that was really, really awesome, and the people were fabulous. Huh. So that was really nice. And, yeah, I've had really nice ones, though, because the, the restaurant that I worked in in... San Rafael was great. The hostel that I worked in at Pichilemu was lovely. The bed and breakfast down in Punta Arenas was fabulous. The one in Cordoba was, was so easy. It was like two hours of cooking a night that was like, oh, 
I can do this with my eyes shut. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely. And then I camped wild on a place where people were building adobe property, buildings uh, with adobe, which was fabulous. And then the last one that I had was Cochabamba, where I did murals for a lady in a, just a regular house. And now I'm here in the jungle painting earth, wind, fire, and air, <laughs> and a, a portrait for this other lady in the city. In so, Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. So really nice. Yeah. When you said you camped wild, were you, did they provide a tent and a sleeping bag for you? They provided me two sleeping bags, and I had one, and I slept in a camper van, and the temperature was like minus eight. Oh, my <laughs> so, Okay, not uh, uh, centigrade, minus right. eight centigrade. Uh-huh. So it was freezing, and there was like no wee toilet, <coughs> mm-hmm. only a dry toilet. So in the middle of the night, you've got a wee, you're out in the open, in mm. the bush, in the cold. With in the cold the, breeze. In the cold. <laughs> and things tickling you. Uh-huh. And you're not sure what's creeping around. And noises, wild animals. Yeah. And just really. So that that was quite challenging for me because I like my comfort a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I thought Easter Island was on the edge. But this was like, well, I know I'm inside a car and the door's shut, but it's bloody freezing. Yeah. And then I've got to go out in the middle of the night. So that was that was quite a challenge. And where was that? That was outside of Salta, a tiny little town called Ciclantis, and then seven kilometers out of that. So it was really in in the desert and surrounded by mountains. Wow, so that was beautiful. Just beautiful. Hmm. And again, a lovely host, very, very interesting work. Learned so much there. Hmm. So, yeah, it was really And you were there for, you endured that for a month? All of these things. Everything I've done (laughs) is like a month. (laughs) <laughs> Except for here, it'll just be four days. Yeah. But our flies are really responsible for that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the flies are so annoying. Oh, they're dangerous. Well, we've got six more weeks of them. So. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to be brave. I notice you both wear, sorry, I'm asking uh-huh. you a yes. question now, but you both wear things over your faces. Mm-hmm. For the sun. Is that for the sun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, yeah, you already look quite I, pink. I'm a redhead, so yes. I burn really quickly. Yeah, so and, do and I. And I have skin cancer. Oh, oh, is that from skin cancer? Mm-hmm. I have skin cancer too. I've had this one b- uh, burned off a few times, and I've got a few on my body there. Yeah, because I'm also ginger. Mm-hmm. So I've got to be careful. I have yeah. like 50 blockouts, and I've mm-hmm. always got a hat. And yes. Seven layers during the day. Yep, sunscreen but, and layers. Even though it's so warm and humid, it's And you it's just have miserable. to do it. You have yeah, to you have to do, to do it. it. Yeah. Um, so but yeah. I think all of that's worth it, you know, because yeah. the experiences are just so great. Yeah. Right. So I've never considered myself a tourist. I've always felt that I want to know how people live and I want to know how people cook their food. I don't want to go to a restaurant and get something the tourists are provided. Mm-hmm. And when you do work away, that's what it gives you that opportunity. You build relationships with people. I haven't yet even felt the slightest inclination to stop mm-hmm. because I stay for a while where I go. Mm. So I don't feel like I'm just hopping from place to place. And that's really been great. Right. So you get to know the people and know yeah. the com- community in the city and, and feel like, find your place within that. Absolutely. And also then always thinking about what can I go and see? Is mm-hmm. there something I can go and see that's not too expensive? Can I do it with local transport? What would the local people do to go? Mm-hmm. So I try to do things the way local people would do it. And sometimes it takes three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's, for me, that's part of the charm. It's like, this is how people live here. So try to see what it feels like to experience that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because if I want to be a tourist, then I just pay a whole lot of money and I get on a bus and I go somewhere for 10 days right. and people put me on and off the bus and take me to places. Right. You don't actually get to know anybody. Yeah. Right. And you don't get to know, like, the details of the culture. Yeah. That's one reason yeah. traveling the way are too, is we yeah. are as well, is going slowly one yeah. month at a time or so, depending. Yeah. Yeah. So I was curious. I, I feel like maybe people listening would think, well, somebody in their 60s, traveling alone it would be easy to take advantage of you right so i mean people you hear about people getting pickpocketed all the time and people getting stuff stolen or falling into a bad situation have you come across any of that or has it largely been uneventful well for me it's uneventful because i've been traveling for so long and because i've always stayed in hostels i've met so many young people mostly because they're not that many older people traveling like me there are some but not so many And they tell stories about how they've made mistakes. So looking after your stuff is like such a priority. I keep my money in three different places. I only have money in a cash card, a travel cash card, and I transfer money into that. And I only go with my cash card to an ATM. Mm -hmm. So I never take my own personal card to an ATM. And I try not to buy things. With my cards. Mm -hmm. I know some people prefer to do everything with their credit card because of the exchange and being fees. Well, I just don't feel like, for me, I feel that's a risk. So for me, risk-free, I draw money when I get to a new country and according to my budget. And then I see how far it can go. Mm -hmm. And like, if I see that I've been here for two weeks and I've spent, say, a thousand, then I know that for the next two weeks, if I'm not doing something special another thousand would be okay Mm -hmm. and so when I get to a border I don't have a lot of money to exchange but I've got Mm -hmm. enough money to buy something for the bus Mm -hmm. I've got enough money to tip the guy that takes my luggage out of the bus Mm -hmm. Um, enough money for a bottle of water if I want to give somebody some money Mm -hmm. you know if I want to buy something that I've seen that I just cannot be without Mm -hmm. which I actually keep to an absolute minimum right because you don't want to lug it around I don't absolutely and if I travel for another year I certainly don't want to lug it around yeah and so you haven't had any issues no one's tried to steal anything from you no one's tried to mug you in the streets no but I'm very careful I also things that I do are at the hostel I always ask where should I not go can I go out at night? Is it safe for me to walk here? I also check where I want to go. I print a map of the place I'm going to. So let's say I'm going to stay at this hostel and get off at the bus stop. And I have a map so I know exactly how to get to where I'm going, even if I'm taking a taxi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also ask the hostel, you know, when you have the special request section, because mm-hmm. I use booking.com, I always say, which taxi should I use? Or can I take a local bus? Yeah. So those are the questions that I ask, always check, and I'm just super careful. I have a camera bag that looks like a purse, but it goes across my body, and it's mm-hmm. got thick straps, so it's not so easy to cut. And I have money in the outside for the bus fare mm-hmm. and for a chocolate, and I have money in the inside for big things, like maybe if I've got to buy a big bus ticket or something, and then I've got another pocket on the inside of the camera mm-hmm. for my big money. Mm-hmm. So it's all in different places, and then I've also, I do keep things in my suitcase that's a lockable, mm-hmm. one of those hard back cabin bags. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a small backpack and a cabin bag. Huh. 
and you don't speak Spanish, or you're trying to learn Spanish, right? So terrible. <laughs> so you're trying to learn Spanish, I but am, yes. you're doing all of this without speaking like the local language, and yeah. I think that's even that adds a whole nother layer, as Chris and I have seen, of difficulty traveling. Yes, and. Also, but you've done it. Right? right, but you've done it, yeah. 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 And I think that there are a couple of things. The first is to make sure that you can say please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And that the excuse me where you want to get past somebody mm-hmm. yeah. rather than saying excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as long as you can be polite and you can make somebody feel like you've at least know how to say please and thank you, good morning or good night, mm-hmm. That makes an enormous difference because people feel like you're crossing the bridge. Right. Even if you haven't got to the other side. Yeah. Smiling, being friendly, and patient. And just remember that if you're traveling, you've got to remember that you're not in your own country and you have got to be accommodating Mm -hmm. because otherwise you must stay home. Yeah. You know, if you don't like it, if you don't like missing buses and you don't like people who work things differently, stay home. Because things work differently all over the world. They do. They do. And, I mean, this is a third world country, um, well, continent, really. And it just isn't as important to them what's really important to us. Right. And so you've got got to make allowance for that. And be patient, like you said. And otherwise you'd just be miserable the whole time. And then you might as well also stay home. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, those would be the things that I would be saying. And you've traveled, you said you've traveled by bus, and so you've taken, like, the 12, 14-hour bus trips. 30 hours. 30 hours? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't think I'd survive, and that no. was on a semi bus, so that yeah. wasn't, like, a sleeping horizontal yeah. bus. Right. It's, like, half sitting. Yeah, we did that one with 24 mm. hours, and that was long yeah. enough. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that was great, because I absolutely love the desert, and the desert here, there are just so many deserts, mm-hmm. and they're all different. Mm-hmm. And... I think the landscape, it never bores me. Right. I'm just always want to know what's going on outside the window. Yeah. So I'm constantly like, and I am a bit hyperactive, aren't I? So I've got <laughs> loads of energy and I don't sleep well. Okay. So I, I think another reason why I like don't worry about my stuff is because I'm here and I'm sort of half awake all the time. Hmm. Yeah. So then when I get to a hostel, I have a really good sleep. Yeah. So on the bus, I don't sleep so great. Yeah. Well, especially if there's a lot going on around mm. you, too. It's hard to sleep on the buses. And toilets that don't work so well. Nope. Mm-hmm. Or if there is even a toilet. <laughs> yeah. I've been on buses without toilets, too. And here in Bolivia, it's probably worse than most other places. Yeah. For no no toilets. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit tricky at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and of course, I went to a uni, which was like a highlight. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that was, that awesome. was incredible. The, yeah. yeah, you need the Bolivian salt flats are not easy I to get to. But left, I nearly left it out. I thought, really? Yeah, because I had to travel two five-hour journeys on buses to get there, just to get to uni, and then I spent three days driving around the salt flats, uh-huh. and then I had to catch two buses back to Cochabamba. Yes. So it was like, oh my goodness, I was exhausted. Yes, but it was worth every minute. It's one of those places that. Yeah, it's worth going to see. Yeah. yeah. So if you could go back in time and rather than a small government pittance, you, <laughs> you get a you get ten thousand pounds a month or twenty thousand pounds a month, would you do anything different or would you do it exactly like you've done it? I think it's very difficult to say because when you have more money then you have choices and I might not even have left England if I was going to have that kind of pension right you know so then that wouldn't have happened and then I wouldn't have traveled like I did and then I might not be here but knowing what you know now like if you could say oh if I had the if I had the force well no what 
The hindsight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I had the hindsight and the money. No, I think I think I might have a car, sure. a vehicle, but I still would want to do work away. Mm-hmm. I still would want to do work away because work away gives you that opportunity to contribute to a community, to do something special, even if it is cleaning for them, because for them it is special that somebody does it mm-hmm. to help them out. And I like the barter system, so I love the idea that I'm giving them something and they're giving me a bed and food. That just is super cool to me. Yeah. And as I said, I don't think a traditional holiday is ever going to be the kind of thing I want to do. Yeah. Because I don't just want to sit with a camera and just look at people doing things <laughs> or look at buildings. You want to be out it, there doing it's it. It's just not enough, yeah. yeah. I want to do more. And I do want to learn Spanish. It doesn't <laughs> seem like it, but I do. So um, Little I, by little, poco yeah. a poco. <laughs> and I did say I'm not going back until I can speak Spanish. So as long as I can say please, thank you in three sentences, then at least I can go back. Yeah, <laughs> I can speak a little bit of Spanish. Just a tiny bit. So now I don't think I'll change it. Yeah. yeah. So you're planning now to travel for in South America for another year. You're going to work I, your way up the coast, Peru, Ecuador, Columbia? Yeah, and mm-hmm. then I've got to decide whether I want to come back because I've made so many friends and I've got so many people who even Amanda has said, uh-huh. you know, they'll be painting here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's possible that I come back down through the countries that I've been through because I don't have Portuguese. Uh-huh. And I feel to go like, to Brazil, mm, right. And I don't want to try any of those tiny little countries next to Venezuela because I think that's all just a bit dicey at yeah. the moment. Yeah. And then I would have to fly to the top of Brazil and travel down Brazil that way. And I don't know anything about that part of the world. Because you're flying back out of Sao Paulo. I have to go out of Sao Paulo. So I'm really tempted to come back down and then Bolivia. haven't done Paraguay. I could go to Paraguay and then up to um, Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done Iguazu. And if I did that, I could actually go via Iguazu. Okay. So that seems like it's quite possible. Mm -hmm. And you have a year to do that. I've got a year to do that, yes. Yes. And my next big plan, if I can do the same saving and whatever, is to get to the Galapagos. Okay. So that's that's soon. January, February. Yeah. If I can get work away. But only if I can get work away, because otherwise it is really expensive. Right. It's not worth it. It is really expensive. And so then after big South America, you're leaving via Sao Paulo in a year. And South Africa. And Okay, you're just going to South Africa. Spend four months with them again. Your family. And then hop. Oh, I might stop in Europe somewhere this time because I've got lots of friends now in Europe that mm-hmm. have all said, oh, come to Belgium, yeah. come to Germany, oh, right. come to Hungary. Yeah, you meet all these people traveling yes, and now you exactly. have to go visit them. <laughs> and somebody in Latvia definitely wants me to come and stay. And so, yeah, so I might just have to hop, hop a little before I get to England and maybe get to England for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then your plan is to do work away there, right? I hope so, yes. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm yeah. going to try. And then, because I don't want to give up my tenant, I've got such a lovely tenant. Yeah, yeah you're renting yes. your, your I'm renting apartment. my flat, yeah. yeah. So I don't want to do that. And then, so six months, because there's a reason why I can't remember now, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why I need to be in England for six months. Okay. I think I need to, I want to get a credit card, and I've got to be resident in six months to get travel insurance. Okay. Uh-huh. And I think if I get a credit card and travel insurance, then I can renew it because yeah. I'm traveling without insurance at the moment and yeah. that is something I wouldn't advise. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. But it's difficult if you're my age and it's difficult to renew if you're out of the country. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those are difficulties. Yeah. 
So those are definitely issues. So I'm trying to resolve that, stay in the country for six months, even if I don't live at my address, right. as long as I'm in the country. Right, right. Yeah. And then who knows, right? Oh, you no, know. then then I've saved enough money. If I can keep this saving going, Mexico. Nah. And then Portuguese and uh, Brazil. So Mexico with more Spanish. Yes, yes. And Central, <laughs> and Central America, America with lots of Spanish. Uh-huh. And then learn Brazil, learn, learn Port- Portuguese. And then I'm also close enough to maybe visit some more people again. <laughs> uh, Do the know, rounds again. I might just get back down to Punta Arenas. I had such a nice day there with lovely yeah. people. Huh. So, yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah, a lot to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. And you don't, just out of curiosity, so you have the stuff you're traveling with, and you, I know you have an apartment or a flat back in England yeah. that you're renting. Mm. Did you, are you storing anything else? Do you have other material things, or did you sell everything and, or donate? I got rid of most of the stuff. I gave stuff away. I sold stuff. I have stuff in a loft with it locked. Okay, so you have a few I things. I have a few things, yeah. I'm hoping to travel while I'm well. Yeah. You know, so if it's three years and I can't travel anymore, so be it. Mm-hmm. But if I can do it again, I'll try another three. Mm-hmm. And if I'm still okay, I'll try maybe another three. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, because then I'll only be 75. Yeah. You know, spring chicken. Yeah. That's, that's the new 30. <laughs> it must be. It must be. Yeah. So yeah. I think as long as I'm healthy. Yeah. yeah. That's a big thing. Right. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I'm... I'm Really excited we met you because it's fun to meet people who aren't the typical 20s and 30s travelers and that hearing the other perspective and that, that we can still be doing that. I was going to say, we... it gives us hope that it doesn't matter what age you are, you can yeah. still travel. I was really surprised about that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be hard for me to get people to take me on because I thought, why would they choose me if they can have young people? Right. And I've just had no problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what we've found is that a lot of times the, the workaway hosts, they understand sometimes that maybe people that are a little bit older, whether that's in their 30s, 40s, 50s, mm. they're maybe not as much of a pain in the ass as some of the younger <laughs> crowd. and They don't want to party quite as much and they actually do work. Right. Yep. I think a lot of people say that and even on the websites you can see some people are saying on their profile, please don't come here if you want to party there's no way to get to town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you know? can't expect to do this at my house. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, so. I guess thank you. Yeah. So I don't sh- think I have any questions. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for sharing everything that you've shared with us and for all the fun dinner conversations. Yeah. And, and it's been nice to actually get to know you too. And it's what for me is really nice is that I like young people. I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. I love young people. So for me, just everybody I meet is interesting because they're doing things that I've never heard of mm-hmm. because <laughs> things are changing so quickly in the world. And um, they're also responsive too. So you make these connections and yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. So, no, yeah. it's exciting. We've had a great time getting to know you, and thank you yeah. so much for sharing oh, your story. No, Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Or? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just that it's very nice to be able to take photographs of anything I want. <laughs> <laughs> and paint anything you and want. Paint. And paint anything I want. Yeah, Just that's, be creative. That's been super, because most of the time I've had like an open mandate. Yeah. Like, and that's put something really here. good. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. Yeah. And, if, and if they do want something specific, like Amanda... Mm-hmm said to me, well, she's thinking of this and this and this, and then I did some drawings and she was on, you know, no problem. So that's really nice, and that happens most of the time. Right. So it's really good. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks again, and we're going to go make some dinner and yeah. as a group here. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and we'll get out of the bugs, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you, too, and I hope that all of this goes really well. Thank you so much. So we do hope we. So, hope so, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>